When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Ethan Skolnick for the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network, and this is a short intro that I'm adding to an episode that Alphonse Sidney and I recorded about the Miami Heat prior to the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant and eight others, including his daughter Gianna, at roughly 2.30 Eastern time on Sunday. The episode you're going to hear has a certain lighthearted tone, which is consistent with the rest of our episodes. But we did not want to combine Kobe Bryant coverage with the Miami Heat coverage for that reason. We wanted to give this the respect that it deserves. And that's why on the feed, you will also find a commentary that I did on Sunday night about Kobe Bryant with a bit of a Miami Heat perspective because it's through the eyes of Dwayne Wade and LeBron James and my observations of their interactions. But again, wanted to keep it separate from what amounts to pretty trivial stuff that Alf and I are going to talk about regarding the Miami Heat. Welcome in to the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure to check out FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell it out, F-I-V-E, ReasonsSports.com. Why should you go this week? Because obviously we'll have a ton of heat content, as we always do. The only all-free heat content in the market. But also, it's Super Bowl week. We've got three credentials I'll be covering with Chris Kaufman and with Craig Davis. But we've got an army of people behind us. They're going to be writing Dolphins-related stories for the site. You do not care about the 49ers and the Chiefs. You may not even care about the Dolphins anymore. But we're going to try to force-feed you some Dolphins coverage. So everything's going to be in a Dolphins context. I've covered nine Super Bowls. I've been commissioned to write a bunch of stories about the two teams playing in the game, and nobody cared in South Florida. So we're going to write about the Miami Dolphins. So we'll be at the game. We'll be at the events all week. So check out 5 A lot of you have found it through like one-off stories, but we post stuff there Every day. Also, of course, check out our Three Yards Per Carry podcast, which is by far the best NFL podcast in our market. All right, before we get to today's episode on the Miami Heat, I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's Cervanti Men's Custom Clothier. That's right, Cervanti Men's Custom Clothier is helping me look better than I usually look. How frustrating is it to shop for dress clothes? You can never seem to find the right fit color or style. Maybe you feel like you never know what to wear or how to wear it. Maybe you've got a wedding, a special event coming up like a Super Bowl, or you just wear professional attire daily. That's why you've got to go see Blanca over at Cervani Men's Custom Clothier in South Miami, her private showroom located right across from Sunset Place on Red Road. I've been stunned how many people know Blanca already since I started working with her. She's She and Cervani have been designing custom made clothing in South Miami for over 30 years. Your custom-made suits, pants, shirts, and shoes will fit you just the way you like. I picked up uh, three, three coats, six shirts, a couple pair of jeans. It's great stuff. Schedule a private consultation with Blanca to start looking your best and get the benefit of a female's perspective on men's fashion. Give her a call at 305-310-2085. 305 305- 
310-210-2085. There's a few attorneys I know, some of whom uh, were sitting in better seats than me the other night because they're spending my money, uh, who should go to Cervani. Okay, so if you're listening right now, give Blanca a call. Nothing fits like custom tailored clothes. Stop buying off the rack. All right. Now today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sydney, a.k.a. ALF954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here with Alphonse Sydney. We did not pod on Friday night. ALF and Alex were there as media. Um, Alex was... I guess, uncontrollable when Dion got in the game. Um, I was kind of sitting in the crowd having a half work, um, half non-work night. Uh, but Alf, uh, the big story on Friday, other than uh, the Heat losing at home for the second time, and now they've, they've lost only two games at home to the two LA teams by a total of eight points. I don't think there's any shame in that. Um, but the big story was without Goran Dragic, without Kendrick Nunn, and we will address that during the podcast, we saw the first of Dion Waiters this season, more than halfway into the year and he got a an ovation when he came in the game and then he provided the entire Philly cheese experience um a block a big three and also two of the worst air balls I've ever seen um but you had some thoughts on Twitter and I wanted to get to those first before we get into sort of how he played I want to get into the reaction to Dion Waiters because I, I thought your thoughts were some of the more interesting I saw out there yeah, I didn't think um, there was there were some Heat fans that were disappointed with the reaction by the crowd, and they they kind of came from a perspective of the crowd was expecting Dion to be a savior, or they were more excited about Dion getting in the game because of Dion's actual play, or that the, they felt like the Heat needed Dion. I'm sure there are some fans out there that feel like the Heat did do need Dion Waiters, but I think mostly it was genuine happiness for a human being that's been struggling. And like sometimes, and it just, it's everything is so negative all the time. It was actually really nice to see that crowd reaction because I feel like Miami is one of these towns that believes more than most in a redemption story, right? Because as, 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 as much uh, glitter and glamour they want to put on Miami, it's an immigrant community, right? They, they believe in second chances. They believe in, in, listen, the American dream, if you will. Like, I think, people like it was a really sentimental moment for me I thought like there was this guy on the team that has had all these struggles you could sit there and you could do the thing that they do in the media and point and blame and pick and pick but the crowd instead decided let's lift this guy up and thank him for 30 and 11 all the things he's done in the past all the good memories he's given us yeah dude you messed up but listen we're happy that you're back you're still part of our team and we're going to lift you up just like we would anybody else, even more so because of all the struggles and the fact that you fought back through all this and got into the game when a lot of people, including me and you on this podcast surmise that he would never play for the Miami heat again. Mm-hmm. We, we both said that he's not going to play for Miami heat again. Uh, one of my favorite guys on Twitter, Greg Lace said it. And this, and both you and him are connected. Both of you guys thought he'd never play, and he got back in the game. And I really think a lot of that crowd reaction was just genuine happiness for a guy who's been going through a lot of crap. And you know what? He put in the work and got – because you also know this year for this team, if he did not put in the work, he wouldn't be on the floor. 
So yeah. it's not like it wasn't a desperation move because if he wasn't putting in the work, Eric Spolstra would not have let him play uh, on Friday night. And well, so I the, think that's where it really came from. Yeah, well, the last podcast uh, we did without you, uh, Alex and I, uh, we, we did this thing where we ranked um, of the four guys. Um, I can't remember the name of the new G League player they've got. Uh, but Justice. Kyle uh, Alexander? No, no, the guard, the guard. Um, it's going to come oh. to me as soon as we get through this segment. But uh, Justice, uh, Dion, and Casey Akpala, and wh- whoever the guard was that replaced Daryl Macon, uh, we said which of the four of those would get in first. And I think both of us said Dion would be last. Uh, but And the reason is because they, it's not like they were in, in desperate straits for a little while, right? Like they, they didn't have Dragic and Winslow at the same time for a while, and he still didn't play. So now it was none in Dragic, um, but still two players, and he was put back in there. Uh, look, I, I, have, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, you know, I'm certainly someone who believes in second chances. I just, my only thing on it, uh, the only thing I, I understood to a certain degree on what some of the fans who were negative about Dion said was that like Heat fans, you know, maybe weren't as welcoming about someone like Hassan Whiteside when really Dion did a lot of the things, uh, maybe more. That's, that is not, but okay. So look at the reaction Hassan. Rodney Magruder got. It's not yes. even this. Rodney Magruder got a really good ovation. It's well, not it about it. exactly yeah. now. If Dion left in the midst of all of his problems. Mm-hmm. went to another team like the Knicks and came back, he would have been booed off of the floor on Friday, uh, on when, whenever he came back into the AAA. Mm-hmm. He, if Hassan Whiteside was still on this team and sat out the first half of the season and came back on Friday night, he would have got the same kind of ovation Deion Waiters got. Probably true, because he's still with the Heat. I, exactly. I mean, that, he's still, right. He's still with he's the Heat. He's one it's of it. our guys. That's, mm-hmm. that's what the fans were saying. Because Dion to this day, it does, he's still on the Heat. And one thing Heat fans do, and you know this, they will criticize, 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 but they will also ride for their guys. Yes. And no, that is Dion true. is still one of their guys. And he, and he got the ovation that I feel like any, any Heat player deserves after going through what he's been through. And I know I'm going to get ripped for this. I know I, because people just believe you make a mistake and you should pay for it the rest of your life because people forget that they've made mistakes as well. Right, like, right. I'm somebody who's made a ton of mistakes in my life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I really <laughs> – I, I think the two of us on this podcast yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Making mistakes. We're going out to downtown Fort Lauderdale in about an hour. The reason we're doing the podcast this morning is because we're hitting downtown Fort Lauderdale <laughs> a little later to discuss our mistakes. So, yes, look. I <laughs> And to make some more. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Some more will be made by about 7 p.m. But <laughs> So that, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's honestly, to me, like I really I sat there as I was in press row as media I was sitting next to uh, Alex um, Alex Toledo and I really felt like a genuine swell of emotion like it was a really really cool thing because I just I don't believe in just a guy makes a mistake several mistakes and he's just blackballed for the rest of eternity like I just don't believe in that and I just thought it was really cool I thought I thought Heat fans did the right thing by one of their guys yeah no I, and I'm with you and, and I was taking the video as soon as you can see I didn't even see him walk over, but I could hear the crowd start. And so they noticed it. Uh, you know, many of them noticed it before I did. And so I started taking video and then you could hear it build. And there was no negativity whatsoever. And, and I think the other thing to kind of touch on on this before we get to Dion's play and whether he can actually help is, uh, you know, it, it, what's interesting is that Dion's stuff kind of got out, right? And obviously there's drug stuff and, and other things related to that and, and kind of going, you know, not AWOL on the team, but, 
you know, claiming he was sick and not really being sick and, and that kind of stuff and taking the, the pot shots at Spolster. There's been a lot of stuff. There's also been some stuff behind the scenes, you know, between Justice and the team that hasn't been so positive. And I don't think the fans are going to boo Justice when he comes back. They're going to be excited that he comes no, back, except I, for six idiots on Twitter, you know. There was so. there were groans in the in the crowd when he made the normal Dion mistakes. That's why I said the ovation was not about basketball. I feel no. like no. I feel like the ovation was more just about like almost like good job, dude. Like you've been you've been screwing up nonstop, and obviously you've done something to get back in the good graces of a guy that looks like he really's not taking any shit this year. Like no, Spolster's no, they're not. not taking any crap from anybody. No. And no, for him not. to get back in his good graces and, and the comments from Spolstra after the game about how hard Dion has worked it just is like proof positive that this guy has put in the work behind the scenes. And it's it's like a, it's a true re- redemption story because if he had not, there's no way, there's no way Spolstra would have played him. He would have just taken the L, ran an eight-man rotation, ran, ran him into the ground and just and lived with the, the outcome. Well, he was doing that for four yeah, I mean, when Dragic was out, that's basically what he was doing. I also think, Alf, though, uh, I think JJ helped this. Um, now he was bad on Friday. We're going to talk about that. Oof. But I, I, but I, but I think JJ coming back in and, and performing well after his situation, I think helped pave the way for Dion a little bit because I think it's made Heat fans a little bit more open to the possibility that somebody that they thought couldn't contribute could contribute. To a lesser extent, Kelly Olynyk, who I thought played very well on Friday. Uh, you know, has yeah, kind of worked his Dion way out. Maybe, Kelly and Dion were maybe the best two players on the floor. Uh, um, okay, well, let's get to that. Let's get to basketball, okay? Because I, I want to talk basketball with Dion, and then the second half of this episode is going to be Jimmy Butler-related uh, stuff. But if Dion, from a basketball perspective, I mean, we saw all of it, you know, on the Friday. The whole roller coaster. And, the whole roller coaster. And you, you've got to assume some rust there, right? A lot of rust, okay? So I'm going to give him benefit down on things. Um, and there were times that it would look like he was looking for his teammates, but there were times that Dion's going to Dion. And I think the bigger issue here, okay, now that we've gotten to him back, getting back in, and of course, a lot of this is to try to trade him. But if they're going to be able to trade him, you know, he's got to show something. And he may show something to another team, but I just don't see how there's any way he fits on this one. And, and watching him the other night, and again, I'm going to put the rust aside, okay, and say I understand that. But the way he plays does not fit what they've been doing all year. That, that's really, to me, the bigger issue, more so than the playing hooky or the drugs or anything else. It's His playing style does not fit the ball-sharing Miami Heat. They don't really need or want another ISO player. I mean, we've spent the whole year talking about how Kendrick Nunn has made these incredible strides, you know, learning when to pass the ball. And so then Heat fans are like, we need another creator. Well, no, we just spent the whole first half of the season saying Kendrick Nunn can create something but we want him to help create for others and now you're bringing in Dion who did create for others during the 30 and 11 run for sure but his natural instinct is to do what he did Friday night like Alex's Alex's tweet was great like he's gonna make up for all the shots here in one night um he didn't quite get there but but I feel he tried and I just I mean again he got them back into the game to a certain degree and then he kind of shot them out of it and I just, I don't see how he fits. Now, the bigger issue, like, is there a role for him? Like, if, if he conforms, okay, if let he's me working hard, you know? Let me correct what I said, something I said earlier. I said Kelly, I meant they were the best two bench players. Um, because, honestly, Tyler Hero probably had one of the best games I've seen him have in a Heat uniform. Um, so I want to correct that first. Now, 
I absolutely 100% agree with you because the Ken, when it comes to basketball, now let's get off the sentimental, emotional side, you know, let's go straight to basketball. He, everything that we criticize Kendrick Nunn for, just like you were saying, is what we saw out of Dion on Friday night. Now we have seen Dion become a facilitator in the 30 and 11 stretch, just like you were saying, but his natural instinct is to do some of the things that that iso ball that that Dragic does well, right? And that Jimmy sometimes has to do. But you don't need three, four of those guys in your lineup coming into the game and stopping that ball movement that gets Kendrick uh, that gets Kendrick Nunn, that gets Duncan Robinson, that gets Tyler Hero involved shooting threes and making the the Heat offense roll. What he did the other night was make up for that 18-0 third quarter run that the, the Clippers went on and did a bunch of hero ball stuff that just is not conducive to the normal Heat offense. So, yes, whereas I'm happy for Dion that he's gone through what he's gone through and he's back on the floor, basketball fit-wise, unless you see extended absences from Kendrick, Goron, and Jimmy, I don't see where Dion fits with the, with the team the way they've been playing this year. No, right, and that's my – see, there are teams – like, I look at Philly, and I know it's a Philly cheese. Like, he could help the Sixers. Like, they need a creator off their bench. He could help the Lakers. He, I, I have always mentioned the Lakers. I mean, look, when, he can be he's, – he's not Lou Williams, okay? Um, but, but he could be a Lou Williams-type player for one of those contending teams if he, if he was got with the program. Like, I don't, I, I don't have any doubt he can play basketball on NBA level. We've seen it. I he mean, really not, belongs in the Knicks. He really does. Well, right, av- right, averaging seventeen and and shooting thirty nine percent. Right, like that's that's where he belongs. But but I think he can fit on a contender in limited minutes. And I do think the role he could have on the Heat is what we saw Friday night, which is they're discombobulated. They can't get anything going. Okay, here, Dion, go. But to try to fit him into offense in the way I, we've seen Kendrick Nunn do more over a one-month span, learning on the fly as a rookie in terms of fitting his game to the Miami Heat than we have seen Deion Waiters do his entire career. So I, I don't know why anybody is, expects anything different. That is such a, <laughs> a profound statement, and it's absolutely true, right? Like what we've, seen from, what we've seen from Kendrick Nunn as far as growth is concerned, Deion hasn't even done that throughout his career. Uh, and he was but, a top five pick. Yeah, and right? Kendrick Nunn has. I mean, the the and like I've I've and people call me a Kendrick Nunn hater. And I said I've never hated Kendrick Nunn. I don't. I never. I didn't like his game at the beginning of the year. But what he's done is just he's 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 learned the pocket pass. He him and mm-hmm. Bam's chemistry has been amazing lately. And these are the things that we've been asking. Uh, not just we Cleveland fans, Oklahoma City fans. People have been asking Dion to do for his entire career that Dion has just never really learned to do. And he has, listen, on a pure talent standpoint, Dion Waiters is probably a better basketball player than Kendrick Nunn is. But, or they're I, really, I, really, I, I, I used to believe that. I don't, I don't know. I we've just, seen, honestly, we've just seen more sk- of the, yeah, poor, pure skill. skill I don't know. Maybe he's a, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But there's no reason that Kendrick Nunn should be this far, should, should be this far ahead in his team or uh, team oriented game than Dion is right now. There, there's no excuse for it. it there no. really isn't. And that's why I, I just don't, I think this was a nice, cute sentimental story on Friday night. Uh, but I don't, I don't really think it lasts. I, we're going to get to Jimmy after the break and some of the guys that are out 
but actually, we will do that right after the break. But I want to tell you about something else we're doing uh, this week that you really should check out. Uh, this is a pretty cool thing, and it's very important to our community. Uh, we're going to team up with America's team, which is the Wounded Warrior Amputee football team and the NFL alumni in honoring the students and families of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Of course, you know the tragedy that happened there a couple years ago at this inspiring tribute to heroes. It's going to be held Wednesday evening, January 29th. That's this week at Nova High School in Davie. Everybody knows where that is. That's where the Dolphins still train. For all of our subscribers, all you need to do when you get to the door is say, I'm a guest of Five Reasons Sports, and you will get in free. So this is our way of supporting the students and families of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. This is going to be televised on ESPN and other places, by the way, and also supporting the amputee veterans and by providing to you, our subscribers, our listeners, a truly fun and inspiring Super Bowl 54 experience. So enjoy the game and a tribute as our guest. So that, again, that's going to be at Nova High School in Davie, Wednesday night, and uh, it's a really good cause, and obviously it's, it's very close to the hearts here. Your co-host um, on Light Skin Opinions, of course, uh, works at Stoneman Douglas. Um, Chris Maddox, he's done some work No, he worked. Us. He was there that – he, he worked. Was, he doesn't – he doesn't not work there anymore. anymore, but he was there that day. Yeah. He was, so, there, he was there that day, and it's, it's still it's, – it's, it's, it hangs with him. And if you ever, ever listened to Light Skin Opinions and heard him talk about it, it uh, it's something that will probably never leave him. Yeah. So, I, you know, maybe we'll, we'll actually have Chris on here in the next couple of days if he's got some time on one of the pods. He's been on the podcast with us before. He's the one who always gets Spolestra or Spolestra. I'm always getting Chris on that. I don't know. I don't know where, I don't know where that has anybody ever called Spo Spolestra other than Chris Maddox? Anybody? I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know where he, that comes honestly, from. He won't learn. No, he, he won't. won't learn, and and, and he he's, like, he's, the, he's the most educated person on, in our network, and, I, I, and, and he's and in <laughs> basketball, too, and he, he refuses to learn Spo's name. I don't get it. All right, let's, uh, let's get to part two of this thing, <coughs> which is the game itself. And I, I'm really not disappointed in it. Um, I mean, you lose, I, I know the Clippers didn't have Beverly and obviously didn't have Paul George. Um, you know, but the Heat didn't have none. They didn't have Dragic. They didn't have Jimmy at the end. Uh, you know, I picked the Clippers to win the championship before the year. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, I love Giannis. Kawhi Leonard is the best player in basketball, um, in my view, when he plays. Uh, I, w- it, watching him in person is so different than the television experience because you have to watch Kawhi off the ball. And just, he's he is LeBron-like in the way he's setting everything up. And uh, Nikias broke this down on his Twitter feed, but like with some of the video, but like, why were they coming up high, showing up high on the pick and roll all night against Kawhi? Like he knows he was just oh my God. over and over and Listen. over and over picking them apart. Like I, I just, you can't, I don't know how I, you play him, but you don't play I him was, that way. During the game, I was, I, I was sitting there with Alex and I would put it on. It was all. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M 
Noom.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. On my Twitter feed, I was like, they keep trapping to Kawhi and he's just picking them apart. It was like surgical. It was absolutely surgical. It was all that was the entire end of the third quarter run. Uh, it was trapping yeah. Kawhi and he's just using those giant hands to to just one hand the ball and fling it all over the court to open three point shooters in the corner. Right. And it was, it was maddening. And listen, I'm not the guy who, who does the whole uh, super critiquing coaches and whatnot and all that stuff and schemes, because listen, they know a lot more than I do, but just like you, I was yeah. wondering why are we, why are the heat doing this? And why do they think it works? Because no, I, I, I don't know. Not, it was not. It was not. You know, it's it's funny too because Spolstra will will go back. Spolstra will go back and and take a look. You know, it's a lot of things he does, and I wonder what he thinks of that one. Looking back at it, I, I don't know what the alternative was. Um, I thought the Heat also got disjointed offensively. There were some circumstances. Um, Jimmy was getting frustrated because nobody was coming out to screen for him properly. So there were there were two straight sequences where Kelly just didn't come out or didn't come out high enough, and he got frustrated. It, it, some of it was these groups hadn't played together a lot, but it got away from them. And then we saw, you know, what I've said all year is the Heat can play with anybody and they will always play to the end. We saw that again yep. on Friday night. I think that's positive. My overall takeaway from that game is not a negative thing. Like you, you, you jumped down on the Clippers early. I think we saw the best of what the Heat can look like. And the shooting was terrific. The spacing was great. Hero was fantastic in that first quarter as a starter. Um, He's a topic for another day. I want to devote another whole episode to him, but we're not going to do it today. But I, 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 th- I was encouraged by that overall performance. I, I don't, you know, again, you had Dion playing. We hadn't played with him all year. Um, the Clippers have played without Paul George a lot, okay? Uh, the Heat. Uh, yeah, you know, I, know, I noted that before the game. That Yeah, they're used to it. Like, I, and yeah, I'm not saying but, he's but not an elite not, player. They're not used to playing without Nunn and Dragic. They're not used to playing without Nunn and Dragic. It was a lot to overcome. And and and, and, and and I know we don't even mention is you know th- thou who shall not be named. But I mean, if you're if you're looking, I mean, if you're looking at their rotation players for the playoffs, provided that the back situation clears up, I mean, none Dragic and Winslow are going to be three of their four primary ball handlers, correct? So, yeah, you know, they didn't have any of them. So one of the things I saw, and you know, we can talk about the whole justice thing as much as we want to, but one of the reasons they missed justice is because they had to play so much zone. Somebody posted yep. the uh, the game last year where it was like where Justice and Kawhi went at it at the yep. at the end of the fourth quarter in a, in a tight game when it was Toronto versus Miami, and you saw Justice go toe to toe with Kawhi, and it was man on man. It was there was no zone. They were they were they were manning up, and it was it was amazing. They don't have the personnel for that right now. No, um, Derek Jones Jr. was a minus thirty one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, yeah. a minus thirty-one, and honestly, I do. I think Derek Jones Jr. is one of their best um, on the ball defensive players, but it just was not happening uh, the other night. And one of the things I, I I do, if we want to talk about a critique, but it's not just about that game. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how I've been feeling a lot lately. Like I feel like the zone is hurting them. It to the point where teams understand the zone now. Yes. They, there's so much tape on the zone. Montrose they did it too early Harrell, in the season. I, I said this when they did it in the Sixer game. Like Guys like okay. Montrez Harrell are going to kill you. Well, just, and that's the thing, though, Alpha. And that's, look, I, it was brilliant when he did it in the Philly game. 
But my concern right after it was you're giving you're giving and for, my concern originally was Philly because you, you expect to see Philly down the line. And, you know, and after they did it to Philly, then other teams started doing it to Philly. Brett Brown talked about that when he was in town the next time. And so they now have a whole half season to adjust to it. So if you flip it on them, what, what surprised me about that was you're talking about a regular season game, right? In the first, that was like in the first 25 games of the season. And Spolstra has typically like held these things very close to the vest. And like, because I, I remember in the big three era there, I can't remember the game. Okay. But like there was a game, he just, he unleashed his own in the playoffs. Okay. And now it's like, you're right. Everything has been seen. Um, so I understand wanting your guys to get better at it. And I also understand, and he kind of made a joke about this the other day, like they don't have good individual defenders right now. Like even he said, like I threw D, uh, JJ out there just so it looked like we have, we have more guys. They don't, they've got basically four guys that, are, that, are, that can be positive individual defenders. One of them in Jimmy is exhausted. Uh, another in DJJ is doing this really for the first time. JJ just sort of worked his way back into the rotation. And Justice is out. So and, and then bam. bam and bam. Yeah. Oh, bam, bam's bam. But like you know, but in terms of the the perimeter guys and, and the, the you know the forwards and the guards, that's basically what they have. Everybody else is a negative. And Hero, um, you know, he's praised Hero a lot for his defense, and I do think he's gotten better. I think Kendrick's gotten better at some things and and other things he's being taken advantage of. But and you know, Goron is has his limitations. We know that Kelly has his limitations. We know that Myers Duncan uh, Myers communicates, but has his limitations. Duncan has his limitations. So. There, you're talking about. We've talked about that all year, but so I understand why he's had to do it in some situations, but they have become so dependent on it, and this is the whole thing. I don't want to debate justice again today, but this is this is where they miss justice. If if basketball fans can't understand that, I don't know what to tell you because you're upset that he misses a few layups. This is where they miss justice. <laughs> I, I, it's just. It's where- <laughs> You know, it's where a guy's going off like Lou Williams and you just tell Justice, I don't want him to get the ball anymore. And Justice right. goes out there and does. And I mean, Justice does most of his work before the ball even gets to right. gets to his man. Right. And the by hand the time fighting the, and, and the physical. Oh, I mean, it's if right. you if you want to if you want a, a clinic on how to defend a man off the ball, just watch Justice Winslow play. Now, he's better than back, Jimmy at it. He's better. Than, he, he, is. He, he, he is their best. I, I, Jimmy is great. Um, and I have a quote on this in my article about Jimmy that came out this week from DJJ. Jimmy, Jimmy's real strength is, is playing off the ball, is playing center field, playing safety. That's, that's what Jimmy's great at. Justice is, if you're right, if you just say, Lou Williams, enough, okay? Exactly. You're not putting Jimmy on him. So you're, you're going to Justice first. Jimmy was it's like when Fred Van, Fred Van Vliet was going off on them in the first Toronto right. game. Right. They, they, they said, okay, I just don't want – Spocher said, I don't want uh, Fred Van Vliet to even be comfortable for the rest of the game. Justice went out there and completely shut him down. But even though – so let's get off of the Justice thing. One of the things that I see with the zone that keeps happening, and Crotty points it out a lot on the broadcast, is that when you're in the zone, what do you give up? You give up so many offensive rebounds. Yes. And it's almost a disservice to Bam. Like, and because yeah. Bam is out there on the perimeter or he's out of position, there's, when you're not playing man-on-man, there's no guy necessarily to box out. No. You have guys running free at the rim a lot, and we've seen way too many uh, second-chance points. Yeah. What, it was, the, was it the Kings game where they literally had like 22 more uh, field goal That's attempts. the only reason that game was tight. Uh, th- was, because they was, had they so many more box. field goal attempts. No, they, they, they didn't could, box they, anybody out. They couldn't box out. And what's also happening is, you know, again, Bam is being asked. We, we've talked about the burden on Jimmy, but the burden on Bam at this point, I mean, he's playing point guard. 
uh, I mean, on, on a lot of possessions and asked to do all these other things. And then, so it's like when I have a frustration with Bam, like there were three times and it was on the end of the court because I wasn't in my usual seat. So it was on the end of the court that I was at and Bam had these, these clean, clean looks and did not turn around and look at the basket. I just feel like there's so much information floating around in his head right now that he can't just play free, that they're asking him to do so much. I mean, Chris Bosh was asked to do a ton as a big during the big three era because they did not have another big, right? I mean, that was, and I feel like that's where we're at right now. Not that Myers is not contributing, not that Kelly didn't give him something Friday night, but the things that, that Bam, that Bam does are so unique and they, and you're asking him to be a staunch rebounder too. It's tough, man. It's tough. And, and so I, I'm with you, uh, the zone. I don't know. I don't know what they do though, until they get some defenders until they get justice back. And I don't, I've, I've told you repeatedly, I don't know that we're going to get good news on that in about a week. I saw him on the bench. He was into it. Um, I just, I don't know. I, it, does, it doesn't. Ethan, even their, their best minutes on Friday night came man-to-man, shorthand without Jimmy Butler. I know. To me. It's such honestly, a non-heat it, thing, Alf. It's such a non-heat yeah, thing. I, I don't even get it. It doesn't even, I, I don't, it doesn't. And I, I don't want to be hypercritical. You know You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, because they are 31 and 14. Right. And they've been excellent this season. They have the second best record in the Eastern Conference. But I will say that I feel like there's times that they need to trust their guys a little bit more and or trust force them. Here's what I would say on this lose a game based on it, play man and lose a game. Yes. And, and, and then, because to me, this is what Pat would have done. Okay. And I, I don't like to do the Spo Pat comparison a lot because there's a lot of things Spo does that I think are a lot better than what Pat did. Sorry, Pat. They're, they're just things in observing the two of them. I think as so. a game day coach, I, 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 mean, I think I think he's coach. a better I think he's a better game day coach. I know a lot of fans will disagree with me on that, but I think he's a better game day coach. But I do think that in a situation like this, Pat would look at his guys, and we're going to go to break after this. But I think Pat would look at his guys and say, you know, "I've been told not to curse on the podcast anymore because there are too many kids listening." Okay, so I, <laughs> and we've been better lately. Okay, I think Pat would look at his guys and say, "Bleep and guard, bleep and guard." Or you're at, or or I'll find somebody else who'll guard, like that. That's I feel like that's where they're at with it. Like force, and I feel like that's what Jimmy would want too. Like okay, Tyler guard, Kendrick guard, okay, uh, Duncan guard. Keep the Goron, okay. Keep these guys for good. And if not, you're out. Like that's I There's feel no like safety, that's what. Stop with the safety valve for these guys. Right. You know, force stop with, I feel like sometimes like for Kendrick Nunn. I feel like Kendrick Nunn is has the athletic ability to be a good on-ball defender. But in the zone, a lot of times, it's a safety valve. So what happens, yeah. he lets guys get pat Not lets guys. He tries, but he understands at some point you release. The guy gets into the middle of the zone. Now someone – so and what I've seen a, uh, an adjustment from other teams is now there's a back cut yeah. behind Myers or behind Bam. Now Myers can't step up to a Montrezl Harrell because he, he's worried about the guy behind him, and now you just have a guy shooting a free floater from the dotted line. There's too much stuff going on in the middle of the paint right now. Like, not, not at the rim. We've talked about at the rim, but there's too much stuff going on uh, the free throw, you know, inside the free throw line uh, between there, you know, and, and, uh, and the rim. I, too much. And, and that is uh, – teams are picking this apart. Uh, again, I'm not going to be hypercritical here because, like you said, I think Eric Spolster is the coach of the year. And he's had to do a lot of things to adjust to the circumstances as they are. But I, I almost think it'd be worth losing a game or two. Just, <laughs> just play man the whole time and, and, yeah. and, and, and show these guys. Like, and, when the, and when the ball comes. 
And, and when the ball comes off and those, those shots are uh, mm-hmm. underneath the free throw line, now you have like four, <laughs> four offensive players. And then you have like Bam and Duncan Robinson. And they're just outnumbered underneath the rim. And that's where all these offensive rebounds are coming from. Right. And remember, guys Bam, know the offensive I, players know to run right at the rim at, on a shot against the zone because you have a really good chance of getting an offensive rebound. It's going to be a problem in the playoffs. Uh, they, they've, got, they've got to get guys to guard now. And I don't, again, I don't, without justice, I don't know how you do it. We're going to get to one more thing here after. And then we're going to shelve some stuff for other podcasts because we went a little bit long today. But I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, the BetDSI.com website you should definitely go there and you should put in the code 5101 that's f-i-v-e 101 it is super bowl week like i've said we're going to be covering everything related to the super bowl but mostly related to the dolphins but of course you can bet the super bowl props and everything else on there i mean i just checked it out Uh, i'm going to be betting a bunch of stuff before sunday to make the game a little bit more interesting um because i will tell you alf this will be my 10th super bowl a lot of Super Bowl games, not so interesting. I've been to some that have been great. Uh, I've been to some that are not so great. But the thing about the Super Bowl is you can bet just about anything. So go to betdsi.com. Again, that's betdsi.com. And <laughs> all use the props. The, pro- use the, uh, the props are great. Use the promo code. I mean, the national anthem, all that stuff, right? Uh, use the promo code. You know, you know, Steve Ross, uh, what is he going to do on the sideline? Actually, I don't, I don't, know. I don't know about that. But, um, you know, it would have been worse if Ryan Tannehill was here. 5 101 Again, the promo code is 5101. All right. Um, let's get to the last piece of this. Uh, we're going we're gonna to discuss my Jimmy Butler piece in another episode. I, I think I want to kind of devote a full one to that because uh, the perception of Jimmy is a lot different than what he's been here in Miami. But I do recommend that you check out the piece. Um, I talked to eight of his teammates about him. Uh, it got a little thanks to Dono. It got a little bit of love on the jump. Um, the quote from Udonis Haslam which I was my favorite quote in the piece. Uh, but I think it's mostly because Udonis was annoyed at me because he, I was trying to get him in the locker room. He's like, just walk out to the, this was at, at MSG. And he's like, just walk out to the court. So I was like, all right. So we, we did it on the way to the court. And, and he had a great quote where he says, I don't know why everybody keeps asking me about why Jimmy's different here than other places. You know, you, you put a dog in a cage with a bunch of, uh, of cats. He's going to growl. You put, him in the, you, you put him in a kennel with a bunch of other dogs, he's going to be a feel right at home. So that quote got some attention. Wait, because is that cat with a K? That's what people asked. Is it cat is with, a K, with a K? Or, <laughs> or cat, or cat, cat with, with a, a K? Or cat with a C? It's funny. I didn't even, you know what's funny? When he gave me that quote and I wrote it up, uh, I, I didn't even think of that. I mean, I was thinking Minnesota, Philadelphia, Chicago in my head, but I, I didn't think of cat specifically. And I, don't, I know I don't think was the, I don't think UD met it. No, he I don't did think not. You demented like that. I did, no. That's just, that's just that's honestly just South Florida. Yeah, that was <laughs> just, Miami. Just uh, just a, a way of speaking. He didn't mean a, it that way. Absolutely, but but the other thing I think you should check out in the piece, and we'll devote more time to this, but uh, is the relay how the relationship built between Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler. Quick story on this, and then we'll <laughs> we'll get to where they are and where Jimmy's ankle is right now. But um, basically, Tyler uh, reached out to Jimmy. After he got drafted, um, and after obviously Jimmy signed, which was uh, you know Tyler got drafted first, and then Jimmy was acquired in the you know in, in the sign in the trade, um, and Tyler reached out to him and said, "Hey, I'm the new rookie." He got his number and he reached out to him by text, and Jimmy's response was, "Come, come, hang out with me and work out with me in Chicago for a week at my house," <laughs> and that's how it started. Um, and then they like he liked him enough. Yeah, I thought very- that was super interesting. Yeah, and then, and then he liked him enough from the very beginning that Jimmy had to fly back to close on his house in Miami and took Tyler with him. And Tyler went to the house closing. 
uh, and then they went and watched Neymar at the stadium that night. If you, you know, uh, you know, obviously Jimmy's a soccer nut and Neymar is his favorite. He thinks he's the best player in the world. Some people would disagree with that, but he's certainly top five. Um, went to watch Neymar at the stadium here and they flew back to Chicago and kept working out. And if you remember that IG photo, the two of them working out, it came during that week. Uh, so that's how the relationship built. So I think if you read the story, you know, I talked to Dragic, I talked to DJJ, I talked to, I didn't get JJ because the time he wasn't in the rotation. Uh, but I talked to Kendrick Nunn, I thought was interesting. Um, and who else? Uh, Myers was great. That stuff was all on our podcast, but I ran it in the story. So, uh, so definitely check, uh, check all of that out. But let's just real quick here. Um, the one thing we haven't talked about much is that Jimmy got hurt a few times Friday night. He got poked uh, in the eye, went down like he was shot, and then, uh, and then ended up getting up. Then, of course, um, he rolled his ankle twice. Now they've got a big back-to-back coming up. Uh, against one team they don't play well against <laughs> and another team that uh, is competing with them for the two spot in the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, can they afford to get by without Jimmy for these two games if that's necessary? Uh, not, if Dra- not if Dragic and Nunn are still out. Um, right. But if Jimmy, if there's anything going on with Jimmy, I think they just need to let him sit. And the, the, I think one of the things is Jimmy is going to try to play no matter what. But if, if, there's, if, if they're on the fence, even if Dragic and Nunn are out, I would say just sit them. At this point, you, you, you've established enough of a record. Uh, you're right there in the mix between two and four. And even, uh, I mean, they could actually drop down to five. Or, I think they could drop down to five with a couple of losses and, and uh, other uh, outcomes um, if other teams win. But you've, you've established enough of a track record. You've established enough of a presence at home. That if you as long as you stay in this mix and have a nice stretch after the All Star break, which is what normally happens with uh, Eric Spoelstra coach teams, they're better after the All Star break than they are before it. Mm-hmm. Um, I say if Jimmy is feeling any kind of discomfort, you let him sit because even if he wasn't feeling discomfort, the guy needs to rest. Yeah, like he's exhausted. Um, so if he if there's any dis- discomfort there, just let him rest, sit him out. You, you take your chances with, with the guys that you have um, and, and just keep rolling because it just doesn't – to me, it doesn't make sense uh, when you look at what the, the long-term outcome of this roster can be to, to, to push Jimmy for two home games um, when in the greater scheme of things you're worried about the playoffs. Yeah, and, and when I looked at this six-game stretch with the start of the Clipper game, I was like, if they can get two wins out of this, uh, I know Heat fans won't be happy with that. But if they can get two, two or three, you know, you know, two, especially with the Nun and Dragic injuries, if they could get two wins out of this, it might not be the worst thing in the world. Uh, again, they've overachieved to this point. There's also this other thing that, like, if they end up with a two seed, the whole coaching staff is going to the All Star game, and I think they kind of want the break too. Uh, I'm not, I'm not saying, that, I'm, not, tank, I'm not saying, that, I'm not saying they're going to tank it. But <laughs> if they lose Tuesday night, they pretty much don't have to go. Uh, they're not going to tank it. I'm not heat. I'm not saying that they're going to lose the game on purpose. I'm just I'm making light of the situation. But I think there is some truth to it. Like everybody kind of needs a mental break at this point. And a lot of these players are not going to get it because Jimmy and Bam are going to be announced to the All Star team. And DJJ is already in the slam dunk. I asked Bam about the skills competition. He wants to do that if he's asked. Uh, Duncan hasn't been invited to three point yet, but there's still like five slots open. They haven't filled those. Yeah, slots he's gonna yet. go. I mean, I, his I think, catch and I, shoot numbers are so ridiculous. Yeah, I I think he's gonna go too. Um, and so I, I so and then who I'm oh and then Tyler Tyler and, and the ra- I, Tyler and Nunn. 
on both going. So they're going to have six guys there most likely. I mean, with Duncan being the six, plus I know Myers is going up there for some meetings. I mean, the whole team is going to be in Chicago. So I, I don't know if the coaching staff necessarily needs to be there too, but getting back to Jimmy, I'm with you. They have to rest him if, if he doesn't feel right. Uh, I don't know the severity of the Dragic and Nunn injuries. Achilles injuries are tricky. If that one worries me more than the other one, and it kind of came out of nowhere, uh, so that's worrisome. So I, I don't yeah, know. Sore Achilles I, doesn't sound good. Doesn't sound all. good. I mean, you have to rest that. You can't. That's one of those like injuries you can't take a chance with. So I don't have a great feeling about this week. Um, obviously, the Tuesday night game is going to be very well attended. Uh, Boston game during Super Bowl week. Everybody has kind of gotten into town at that point. The Heat will want to put on a show. Jimmy will want to put on a show. But I'm with you. If, if he's not right, uh, let him rest. And even Eric said it after the game. With ankle injuries, you just don't know. Is it a high ankle sprain? What degree ankle sprain is it? You know, how quickly? It seems like they got it treated pretty quickly. But, again, it happened twice during the game. So, you know, that's a bit of a concern. So, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that and more. More podcasts coming up this week. Like I said, check out 5reasonsports.com and our event in Davie at Nova. Uh, on Wednesday night, just say you're with five reasons and you will get in for free. Also, if you have any legal issues you need to take care of, hopefully Alf and I will not after about seven o'clock tonight. Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm, onecalllegal.com. That's onecalllegal. I got to go pick up a Super Bowl credential. This isn't going to be a late afternoon. Onecalllegal.com, O-N-E, calllegal.com. 24 hours a day, someone there to handle your case, whether it's immigration, personal injury, uh, or just about anything else or traffic tickets so um they took care of mine uh, a few weeks ago and i was greatly appreciative of that so talk soon thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.